1926, Henry Ford made a change at the Ford Motor Company. This change to this day still impacts how we work on a daily basis. So Ford switched workers from a 40-hour work week from a 48-hour work week. Now, his internal studies suggested that productivity was not linearly increasing with more hours worked. So when he made this switch, it was actually documented to have a significant impact on productivity. So I'll recap. When he went from 48 hours back down to 40 hours, he saw an increase in productivity. Now, I couldn't find the exact percentage increases as most of this has kind of been lost to time or was never publicly recorded because it was, well, 1926. But I think that this hints at a few very important things that I want to discuss. These are society's tendencies to overwork, decreasing hours and how this can actually improve our productivity, the potential impacts and symptoms of overwork, and the things that I'm personally doing to recover from overwork and burnout. And that's exactly what we're going to be diving in in today's episode. Looking back at the Henry Ford example, he found that just because a worker was at the factory for 10 hours a day, that didn't actually mean that they were productive for 10 hours a day. Things like fatigue increased, mistakes started to be made, and there was an overall drop in focus in the workers. And this is something that they were observed when the hours increased. Therefore, they found that actually working beyond 40 hours was just not efficient, they weren't productive, and they found it to be too much. Now, this change back down to a 40-hour work week has actually been part of the influences that created our modern-day 40-hour work week. But still, there's a body of evidence that is showing that 40 hours is still too many, and it's not actually efficient and productive for many people. Some research is showing that productivity per hour can actually decrease by as much as 25% when somebody works more than 60 hours. Now, we got a lot of numbers here. We got 48 hours, we got 40 hours, we got 60 hours. It's important to know that all of the research out there is going to be studying something very specific. So this study was showing that when they looked at beyond 60 hours, they were showing a percentage drop of productivity by 25% each hour. Ford showed that going from 48 hours back down to 40 hours increased in productivity. So he demonstrated that anything beyond 40 hours was decreasing in productivity for the workers. So now I want to kind of dig into these societal tendencies to overwork. We don't have to look very far to be bombarded with these overworking messages inside of this day and age with the rise of the entrepreneur era that we're in. We have social media, and this has just kind of brought the hashtag hustle movement. Every day, I personally see posts about working harder, doing more, taking no days off, no excuses, you know, insert the motivational statement. And so much of it is rooted right back down to overwork. And this is only perpetuated by the curated lifestyles of the successful in the upper echelon that we see on social media today, all demonstrating the luxuries of life that we could also achieve if we just work hard enough. And hard enough is often associated with doing more and working more. 
This, along with so much more, has led us into comparison and this perpetual desire for more, putting us in this state of lack. We work harder and we do more so that we can make more money and consume and have more possessions. We put in more hours, we start side hustles, we take on second jobs, and we're constantly putting more and more onto our plates. This is only referencing work in this example. This isn't even touching on things outside of work like you know, exercise, trying to work out more and do more in the gym and be more active to lose more weight so that we can get more attention. This isn't talking about family and so many other things outside of work itself, where in these areas, this overwork and doing more runs rampant as well. Now, there was actually a study that was published in the Journal of Occupational and Environmental Medicine that found working more than 40 hours a week was associated with a decrease in productivity and overall well-being. Now, something I want to illustrate is that everybody is going to be very unique, but there's a large body of modern research that is showing that working 40 hours is too much for many. There's a few things that start to happen. What we're doing, we become less effective and less efficient at doing it we start to begin to experience certain, you know, call them consequences or symptoms. And we start to put ourselves at risk for a burnout. Overwork is going to likely lead to burnout if nothing changes. Now, while many of us know that we get less done the more we work. So that's been illustrated. You know, if I'm working 60 hours with time, each additional hour I work, I'm going to be less effective, get less done, we start to become more fatigued and other symptoms like this start to arise. Like I said, fatigue comes on. We start to make more mistakes in our work. Our focus and our concentration suffers. It starts to affect our memory, especially our short-term memory. It decreases our overall self-confidence and our overall well-being. It also really starts to affect our productivity. And all of these things together start to bring the question on, is it effective for us to be working in those states? If we are less creative, if we're less productive, if we're tired and less focused and we're making more mistakes that have to get then fixed at a later date, is it effective? Is it cost effective for us to be working? Now, what's worse is as we prolong this, as we continue to do this and not treat it, not try and counteract what's happening, it can lead to burnout. And this is where things start to get a little bit more serious. Burnout can have much more severe consequences such as depression. And this can actually lead people to need to take full-on leaves from work. In personal talks with therapists and counselors, this is something that they do see quite often where somebody might actually have to go on short-term disability for three, six, nine, twelve months because of severe burnout that they have experienced. And when we get into this state, it can go from, you know, needing to make some small tweaks to our lifestyle and reducing stress levels to taking weeks, months, or even years to recover from. So what I liked about the Henry Ford example was that they showed positive effect associated with decreasing work hours. So I'm assuming that they kind of went with this logical hypothesis of, you know, as we put more hours in, more work gets done. It's a very logical association. 
but they obviously soon realized that that just wasn't the case. So they decreased hours and that productivity increased. And I'm going to make an assumption that the quality of work increased as well. But what if we take it a step further? Why is 40 hours that magical number? Much of my reading on psychology has shown that 40 hours is still too many. If it still causes symptoms of overwork, especially in certain professions, what if we tried 32 hours or 34 hours? And now it might be too difficult to try and create and run all of the necessary tests to find that optimal hours because it's so individual. We can see that in certain companies, positive measures are starting to be taken. You know, if I go look at job boards and see job postings, there are companies that are in a much better position than others with these types of things. We're starting to see things like, you know, personal health days. We're starting to see health spending accounts, you know, compensation for massages and therapy, people being given more holiday time off, people given flex days and you get Friday off or half days on Friday. I know somebody that gets every second Monday off and they have therapy that's covered for them as well. There are certain professions that allow people to work remotely, work from home or set their own hours. And all of these things are positive shifts in restoring recovery, improving that work-life balance, and overall are likely going to improve their quality of life and improve their productivity with their given profession. And while all of those things are super important, it is really important for us to start to recognize these symptoms of burnout so that we can start to put in the mechanisms in place to start to recover before it gets too bad. Now, not everybody can just simply work less and not everybody has the, a position or a job that has health benefits that allow for things like sick leave or temporary leave to be able to come back to a secure job. I know that I sure don't. Being self-employed, if I want to take three months off, I'm not going to make an income for three months off and I'm going to have to kind of start to you know, scrape up work once I come back. So the question lies, how do we recover from this? And while I can't speak for everybody, I can share my own personal experience and I can share what I'm personally doing on my journey to recover from burnout. Now, in my research and my work with counselors on trying to kickstart my own recovery from burnout, the biggest theme was simply doing less. Now, it seems overly simplistic, but the biggest thing was you need to reduce in order to recover. You can't continue to do the same amount of work and expect to see improvements. You have to do less and start to... So doing less can take many shapes and forms, and it's going to be highly unique to every individual. Even the 40-hour work week applies this same mold to very, very different people. There's going to be some people that can effortlessly sustain a 40-hour work week with no issues. However, many can't especially those that might be neurodiverse. I'm neurodiverse and over the years, I've come to realize that my own burn rate and fatigue can accumulate quite quickly, especially with doing certain activities. So I'd love to share just a few things that I'm personally doing on my journey to recovery to potentially be some inspiration to maybe things that you might be able to resonate with for yourself or possibly just start to get your brain thinking about things that you might to be able to apply into your own circumstances if you're starting to feel the symptoms as well. 
So the first thing I did was open up my calendar and just book off all of the stat holidays moving forward. Being self-employed, I just really started to get into the habit of just working holidays. You know, that kind of no days off mentality. It was very simple for me to just work those days. And I was working from home, so it wasn't like I had an office that was closed. And over the years, I've been self-employed for about 18 years. It really just became the normal. And this was a very simple switch that I could use to simply just book that time off. And it's not really going to affect anybody. I also started to reduce my workouts. Fatigue and stress in the body doesn't really discriminate. Stress is stress, whether it is physical or psychological. So by reducing my kind of stress from exercise, I'm working towards kind of decreasing the overall systemic fatigue on my body. So I dropped about 30 to 40% of what I was doing inside of the gym. So still going to the gym the same amount of days, but the work that I'm doing inside of those sessions is less so that I can start to just slowly chip away at this fatigue. Now, some changes I'm also probably going to make moving forward are going to be reducing maybe additional one to two days and switching those exercise and strength training sessions for yoga, something that is going to be more rejuvenating for my body and less overall stress on my central nervous system. Next up is reducing my overall caffeine intake by cutting out energy drinks. Energy drinks are something that I am a a big proponent of. I love them. I love the taste. They make me feel good, but they became a reliance and they became masking of how I was actually feeling. So when I was tired, I would have an energy drink. It became a habit. I would consistently have them anywhere from one to three a day. And it just simply masked that fatigue. So instead of feeling tired, I would have a substance that would make me not feel tired. And that just allowed me to kind of push through and actually kind of dig myself a little bit deeper into the hole. Now, next up was another thing that was within my control. Now, there are certain things in in my own personal situation that I can't control. There's certain things with my work that I can't just take off my plate. But things like my nutrition, I do have control over. So reducing sugar intake, increasing my water intake to better fuel my body is something I do have control of. And as I'm looking to recover from fatigue, if I can keep my body more of a healthy and nutritious place, I'm thinking, I don't have, you know, don't quote me on this, but I'm thinking that this is probably going to help me take steps in the right direction. Next up is downtime. I know that I needed to do less. And while this can take many forms like taking a day off work, it can take downtime and just or recharging and rejuvenating activities. So I kind of reinstilled my daily meditation practice and started to add in some additional sessions that were a little bit extended instead of, you know, 10 minutes in the morning. I do some 30 minute meditations when I get home from work on occasion when I have the time to do so. I'm also starting to take more downtime. So on the weekends, instead of trying to keep myself busy and run errands, I'm trying to reclaim some of that time back into activities that are rejuvenating, that allow my mind to kind of calm, allow my body to rest. So I'm doing things like playing more video games because these are downtime, time to myself where I'm not exerting energy and I'm allowing my body to recover. And lastly, starting to leave 
30 to 60 minutes early each day. Now, this was a struggle. This was difficult for me. This was probably the hardest one. And I'd love to kind of see if I can make any more headway in there. But I knew that I wanted to make a change. So I tried to find the smallest change that seemed reasonable and just start there. And 30 to 60 minutes a day changing any given day was what seemed reasonable and realistic for me to to tackle. So that's where I started. Now, this isn't a plan that I feel, you know, inside of the next month, I'm going to start to feel 100% again. But this is a kickstart on the journey to start to pull out of burnout, start to increase well-being, increase productivity, increase mindset, all of these things. We have to start small. I can speak from experience as an ND, kind of coming into this as I wish that I had that pill that I could create change immediately, but I don't. I don't have that magic pill. I don't have the secret. All I can do is take one step at a time to just continue down this journey. I have no idea how long this is going to take. All I know is this is what I'm doing right now. And all I know is what's best for my own body. What I've come to learn is we are so incredibly unique. The research out there does support that these changes are required. The research does support the fact of what a lot of us are doing is is too much. And the overwork spans beyond just work, but taking on so much more outside of work as well. And while we can do is what we can, and sometimes that's good enough. So I really do hope that this helps. If you're listening, if you can resonate with any of these symptoms, you're experiencing any of this in your life, I really do hope that this lands and allows you to start to adjust your perspective and think, what can I do? Even if it is something as small as playing some video games instead of going for groceries on Friday night, just something even in the smallest form to start to reclaim this little bit of downtime and recovery, something for yourself. I truly hope this helps.